This is the Bible in one year, day 302. How to refresh your mind, heart and soul. The former televangelist Jim Backer, in his autobiography, I Was Wrong, tells of his descent into ignominy, impoverishment and imprisonment for accounting fraud. He lost his freedom, his sanity, his dignity, his confidence in his faith and eventually even his wife. Inmate 07407058, one time friend and advisor of presidents, had hit rock bottom. At his very lowest point, a prison official told him, Billy Graham is here to see you. He thought, Billy Graham has come here to this place to see me. When he walked into the room, Billy Graham turned towards him and opened his arms wide. At that moment, Jim Backer felt total acceptance and love. I will never forget that the man who had just been voted one of the most influential men in the world and who has ministered to millions of people took time out of his busy schedule to come minister to one prisoner. He describes how in the midst of his depression, flu, filth and hopelessness, Billy Graham's visit refreshed his heart and boosted his spirit. I felt as though Jesus himself had come to visit me. Refreshment means restoring strength, energy and vigor. A light snack is sometimes referred to as a refreshment. Physical refreshment can come, for example, from sleep, rest or exercise. Paul tells Philemon that he has refreshed the hearts of the saints. Later on in the letter, Paul asks for him to refresh my heart in Christ. But how do you refresh your mind, heart and soul? Psalm 119 I have done what is righteous and just. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Ensure your servant's well-being. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes fail looking for your salvation, looking for your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your love and teach me your decrees. I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. It is time for you to act, Lord. Your law is being broken. Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, and because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. The words of God. Gold is the most valuable thing this world affords. It cannot be tarnished. It shines with a glow like no other metal. Yet, God's words are far more valuable than even the finest gold. The psalmist writes, I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold. The source of the psalmist's soul refreshment is God's words. Earlier in the psalm, he said, My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Allow God's words to refresh your mind, heart, and soul. Lord, thank you so much for how amazing it is to be refreshed emotionally and spiritually by reading your words, meditating on them, and absorbing them in my mind, heart, and soul. New Testament, Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker. Also to Apphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So, if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. The people of God. Paul writes to his friend Philemon to ask for a favor. Philemon had a slave called Onesimus who had escaped. While Onesimus was on the run, Paul had led him to Christ. The normal fate of a runaway slave was death or flogging and branding on the forehead. Now, in this letter, which is full of grace, humility, genuine love and charm, Paul writes to persuade Philemon to take Onesimus back, not as a slave, but as a friend and brother. Centuries later, the ripple effect of these words contributed to massive social change. Local history became global history. It's a request that Paul expects will receive a positive answer. He's absolutely confident that Philemon will do what he's asked him to do. This is an example and a challenge to bring love, forgiveness and reconciliation everywhere you go. Philemon is a close friend. He leads a church that meets in his home and he's a man of faith and love. Paul prays that Philemon may be active in sharing his faith. It's interesting to note that Paul thinks that this is the way he will receive a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. For example, I have noticed on Alpha how quickly people grow in their understanding as they become small group helpers and hosts on the course. The way to grow is to be active in sharing your faith.
He then goes on to say, Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you have refreshed the hearts of the saints. And he asked Philemon to refresh his heart in Christ by another act of love. His whole appeal for Onesimus is on the basis of love. Clearly, Philemon was a man known for his love. I keep hearing of the love and faith you have for the Master Jesus, which brims over to other believers. Paul makes a very personal request, asking Philemon to welcome Onesimus back as no mere slave this time, but a true Christian brother. Welcome him back as you would me. If he's damaged anything or owes you anything, chalk it up to my account. He writes, you'll be doing it for Christ, and it will also refresh my heart. Forgiveness involves extending love and mercy to someone who's wronged or hurt you. It clears the way to reconciliation and restoration of a relationship. Paul is longing to see Philemon. He writes, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Spending time with people you love and who love you, whether it's family or friends, refreshes your heart and soul. Lord, thank you so much for the church and the love of brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for how they refresh my heart and soul. Old Testament, Lamentations 2 and 3 The Lord has rejected his altar and abandoned his sanctuary. He has given the walls of her palaces into the hands of the enemy. They have raised a shout in the house of the Lord as on the day of an appointed festival. The Lord determined to tear down the wall around daughter Zion. He stretched out a measuring line and did not withhold his hand from destroying. He made ramparts and walls lament. Together they wasted away. Her gates have sunk into the ground. Their bars he has broken and destroyed. Her king and her princes are exiled among the nations. The law is no more, and her prophets no longer find visions from the Lord. The elders of daughter Zion sit on the ground in silence. They have sprinkled dust on their heads and put on sackcloth. The young women of Jerusalem have bowed their heads to the ground. My eyes fail from weeping. I am in torment within. My heart is poured out on the ground because my people are destroyed, because children and infants faint in the streets of the city. They say to their mothers, Where is bread and wine? As they faint like the wounded in the streets of the city as their lives ebb away in their mother's arms. What can I say for you? With what can I compare you, daughter Jerusalem. To what can I liken you that I may comfort you, virgin daughter Zion? Your wound is as deep as the sea. Who can heal you? The visions of your prophets were false and worthless. They did not expose your sin to ward off your captivity. The prophecies they gave you were false and misleading. All who pass your way clap their hands at you. They scoff and shake their heads at daughter Jerusalem. 
Is this the city that was called the perfection of beauty, the joy of the whole earth? All your enemies open their mouths wide against you. They scoff and gnash their teeth and say, We have swallowed her up. This is the day we have waited for. We have lived to see it. The Lord has done what he planned. He has fulfilled his word, which he decreed long ago. He has overthrown you without pity. He has let the enemy gloat over you. He has exalted the horn of your foes. The hearts of the people cry out to the Lord. You walls of daughter Zion, let your tears flow like a river day and night. Give yourself no relief, your eyes no rest. Arise, cry out in the night, as the watches of the night begin. Pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands to him for the lives of your children who faint from hunger at every street corner. Look, Lord, and consider. Whom have you ever treated like this? Should women eat their offspring, the children they have cared for? Should priest and prophet be killed in the sanctuary of the Lord? Young and old lie together in the dust of the streets. My young men and young women have fallen by the sword. You have slain them in the day of your anger. You have slaughtered them without pity. As you summon to a feast day, so you summoned against me terrors on every side. In the day of the Lord's anger no one escaped or survived. Those I cared for and reared, my enemy has destroyed. Lamentations chapter 3 I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again, all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old, and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so that I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding, he dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughingstock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and given me gall to drink. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me.
Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on him. Let him bury his face in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him offer his cheek to one who would strike him, and let him be filled with disgrace. For no one is cast off by the Lord for ever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion, so great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. To crush underfoot all prisoners in the land, to deny people their rights before the Most High, to deprive them of justice, would not the Lord see such things? Who can speak and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that both calamities and good things come? Why should the living complain when punished for their sins? The Presence of God The prophet's heart is in great need of refreshment. As Jeremiah looks out at the devastation of Jerusalem, he is surrounded by the most appalling suffering. There is destruction all around. The people are starving. It has reached such a nadir that there is the horrific possibility of women eating their own children. It is not just that the suffering is all around Jeremiah. It is also in his own heart and soul. He writes, My eyes fail for weeping. I am in torment within. My heart is poured out on the ground. His heart is pierced. He feels besieged and surrounded by bitterness and hardship. He's dwelling in darkness. He feels he's been left without help. He is laughed at and mocked. On top of all this, he's been deprived of peace. Like Jeremiah, sometimes our prayers do not seem to have been answered. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He's barred my way with blocks of stone. He's made my paths crooked. The answer lies in the presence of the Lord. He writes, Arise, cry out in the night. As the watches of the night begin, pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord. He goes on, My soul is downcast within me, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. You can receive this refreshing every day. God's mercy is new every morning. You can make a fresh new start every single day. Every day you can seek him, wait for him quietly, hope in him, 
and be refreshed by His presence. When you realize how much God has forgiven you and how great is His mercy, you can more easily forgive those who've hurt you and extend mercy to them. This is the key to great relationships. These are not naive or superficial words of encouragement. They are realistic about the depth and extent of suffering and struggles without and within. Yet in the midst of all this, you can hang on to the goodness and love of God. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. We see here a hint of how this love is made possible. The prophet writes, Let them offer their cheeks to the one who would strike them, and let them be filled with disgrace. Jesus offered his cheek to the one who struck him and bore our disgrace on the cross. It is the blood of Christ that cleanses you from all sin, and through his death you can be forgiven, cleansed, renewed, and refreshed in your heart and soul every day. Lord, I pour out my heart to you today. Refresh me with your presence. Thank you for your great faithfulness and unfailing compassion made available to me new every morning through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Pepper adds, Lamentations 3, verse 22. Whatever we're going through today, we can take comfort from these verses. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness.